and when he comes now, he's actually not going to steal anything but your sin. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. When we hear parables and texts like this week's lectionary passage in Luke, we often hear them as imperatives or telling us what to do or how to live our lives. When I read the text in just a moment, pay attention to how you react to it. Does your heart automatically think how to accomplish what's being asked? Dr. Chris Krogan teaches us that God doesn't operate in if-then statements. Like, if we are prepared, then we'll be ready when Jesus returns. He works in because-therefore statements. Like, because I am the Son of God, I took on the sin of the world. I'm excited for you to hear this distinction in this week's conversation. But first, here's Luke chapter 12, verses 32 through 40. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night, or near dawn, and finds them so... Blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Dr. Chris Krogan with us this week. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan. My pleasure. So we're still in Luke 12, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of nice. However, we... Which is what we talked about last week. Which is what we talked about last week. However, we're a few verses ahead. Yep. And so last week in the context, we were we were talking about the law. We were talking about I was complaining about the law. Right. Possessions. And now this week, it kind of starts off where it feels like we're in the law again, and Jesus is trying to calm us initially and get us out of the law because it yep. starts off with literally, do not be afraid, little flock. <laughs> right. And and so, and there's also sell your possessions, gives alms, make purses for yourselves, do not wear out. So there's this like this, like this theme of money. And, and a lot of people are going to hear these things as imperatives, even the do not be afraid. Um, and exhorting you to like live a modest life. And that's what could e- easily happen last week as we were talking about it too, is is this about, you know, you, you giving everything away and don't be rich to yourself, but be rich to God. Same thing, people can read this, but what happens in the pericopes is they actually skip over a little section in Luke that I think is important for us to read. Um, some verses 
leading up to this because these verses give you context of why Jesus says, do not be afraid. He's, give, he's giving you a reason to say, you don't need to be afraid. And this is um, starting with verse 28 in Luke 12. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. So what Jesus is saying here is, note, God provides. You don't have to chase after your provisions. You don't have to chase after what you need on a daily basis. God is providing. Rather, seek the kingdom of God. And we'll talk here a bit more about the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is what we're going to talk about in the final verse here. And that is the comfort of living in faith. And I really, I do like that because I feel uh, growing up, you'd hear those phrases of, okay, uh, the, God clothes the field of grass, but it might get scorched the next day. So how much more will he uh, care for you? And it, it kind of glossed, I, you know, yeah, it, just goes it right glossed over and it, it went right in one ear and out the other. Yep, exactly. But now hearing that in that kind of context, that it's, it's, it is really striking to say, yeah, God is taking care of the grass. And if he's taking care of the grass, that's not going to be alive. How much more important <laughs> I mean, are you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yep. And so you need not chase after things that he's already going to provide, mm-hmm. which is why then that first phrase is, do not be afraid. Um, and so he's telling you, and he's not exhorting he's you. Literally to not be telling you that you need not be afraid. He's like commanding you. Yeah, he, do, yeah you need not be afraid. Peace. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like this is. I've got your back. Mm-hmm. I've got you on this one. So then, why does he? I I don't. And maybe I'm overthinking this. I don't think I have ever in Jesus's quotes heard him use like a pet name. Yeah, is this oh, the a very, pet name the, where he says, "Do not be afraid." Little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Little flock. Little flock. So he is the shepherd and you are the sheep. This is what he talks about when he, he elects you. You are part of his chosen one. And so that's what he's saying. And this is a very important uh, two words because it's really, he's talking to the ones that everything's been taken care of. You have no, you've been baptized and you are his own. So he's saying, don't be afraid, I've got you, which means little flock, you're my sheep, nothing's going to happen to you. (laughs) Now, that's where the next one, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So it's the father's good pleasure um, to give you faith in his son that everything is taken care of, that your sin is forgiven, that you're going to have daily bread. You can have trust. So now note, this is not a kingdom in the law. This is not that the world's going to um, uh, treat you well. It's actually a trust that God has you. And you can look at last week's text and this week's text. And if you just (laughs) read it quickly, you could be panicked trying to figure out what do I need to do because you're reading it in the lens of the law. Right. Yeah. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And you're, you're, like, re- like the you're verses, reading it as a prescription. Yeah. yeah. And what yeah. you just read was that all the other nations of the world are worried about what, what am I going to have to eat? What am I going to have to drink? How am I going to stay alive? Yep. 
Which but, is why wars happen. Mm-hmm. And, but you have Jesus he, here saying, little flock, you're elected. Do not be afraid. Everything is going to be taken care yep. of for you. Your father's pleasure is to give this to you, is to provide and give you trust. Yeah, God's not begrudgingly taking no. care of you. No, this is it's not to his for pleasure. That. Which is why, again, the important part, and we're going to get to the grammar of this text, which is called the grammar of the gospel, is um, a lot of people, the grammar of the law. And remember last week, we were also talking about in chapter 12, Jesus' opening lines are, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is mm-hmm. hearing this in the law. And the law is going to always hear it as a conditional if then. If you do this, then you'll get that. It's yes. kind of this um, uh, bartering thing, right? So this transactional mentality. This is not what's happening. So this is why going into verse 33, sell your position, possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven. So what he's saying there is, don't, this is kind of what we were getting at last week, don't be storing up things that you think are going to be your security, but your treasure is in heaven, which is faith that God is for you. Faith that God's got your back. Faith that God delivers your bread. That's where you're going to invest your time and energy is to propagate and cultivate that treasure as opposed to what we heard even last week, building bins, storing up grain, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really important to just say again, that when you read this the first time, you read it as an if then you read, if I need to sell my possessions and give alms, it makes sense, makes it sound like that's what you're supposed to do. Right. But that's actually not what's being said here. It's being said that because therefore, mm-hmm. because you have trust in God, you can sell your possessions. You can give away the things and then collect all that you can to make this kingdom of heaven be in your conscience, which is study the scriptures, go to church, take the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. console one another with the words of Christ. You have all these things. That's the purse of treasure in heaven. For where your treasure is then, this is verse 34, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is just basically saying, whatever you invest in, your heart is going to be there. So if you're going to invest it in your um, your financial portfolio, invest it in your intellect, invest it in your spouse, invest it into your boat, whatever the case may be. Which we all are. Yeah. When we, so what we do is- We're we, invested you know, in our children. If I, spend, if I spend all my hours shining up my car, that's obviously where my heart is, right? Mm-hmm. And so what are we investing in? Invested in the word that brings back- um, a living water that doesn't ever go dry, the well that never goes dry, bread of life that sustains you forever. Man cannot live by bread alone, but the holy, most holy word of God. And so that's the treasure in heaven that's going to sustain you. Uh, I really want to ask you a question, but I feel like I shouldn't. Go. This is the, usually the best questions come out of you. <laughs> no, because this is going to be accusatory and I don't nope. mean for it to be. I'm just like thinking back on... I'm going back a, like a few sentences going back to kind of when we were talking about selling your possessions and yep. get evolves and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like I, how many times I, I've, I've known you guys for years upon yep. years upon years. Yep. You would never know it <laughs> based on the questions, but like I've heard you guys say this stuff all the time and my mind is still in, like it's still so tough to get out of um, that 
because slash therefore and that prescription versus depiction. If then yeah, over the yes, because exa- therefore. Yeah. Exactly. If yep. you do this, then you'll do this and think of it as just him describing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever thought that you're wrong or that you could be the wrong ones here? Um, how, like, yeah. how do you know you're not? <laughs> how do I know I'm not? Yes. Because Jesus died on the cross when people made it an if then. It was the if Same then more. conversation. If you are the son of God, come down from there. Right? This mm-hmm. is actually what's happening on the cross, is being put on trial. Jesus isn't into the if-then conversations. Because I'm the Son of God, I'm here. Therefore, I'm going to take on your sin and win it. So the whole grammar of the whole of Scripture, God never says, if you do this, I will create you. <laughs> it's because I've created you, therefore the kingdom is yours. And so God doesn't work with a if in order to create or if in order to give. Yeah, there's no condition. There's never been. So I, I, I can't actually even read in the Garden of Eden, if, then. No. He actually is a promise giver, not an expector. So, and but then why, then you sit there and say, well, why the law? You know, why, why you know, there seems to be conditions in this world. Well, the law actually is to preserve you and your neighbor. From one another. That's where the if thens come in. So we have a lot of if thens, but we keep on thinking as if we are in this old world that God's relationship with us is the same okay. as we have a relationship with the the bread we maker. We keep trying to give Jesus the same boundaries. The same we would give Yep. To our ourselves, name. right? Yeah. If if you break the speed limit, you will get a ticket. Yeah. yeah. But Jesus doesn't have. He's not. He's not you build a fence to, on my lawn. I will take it down. Exactly. <laughs> You know, so, yeah, exactly. So that we, because those are what we call boundaries and Jesus isn't here to make law. He's here to forgive sin. Okay. I mean, yeah, But that's a great question again, Kiri. What if I'm wrong? I can't be wrong, actually. (laughs) I've heard that before. No, I just No, I mean, but... but But No, I get it. Yeah. It's all, but this is what we, we have been talking about for now almost three years, the law gospel distinction. Yeah. And that you just you laid it out there. How is it the law gospel distinction works? So it's not accused or but I do think great. it helps. I do think it helps hearing it in terms of I don't know. Maybe I've never heard it that way before. Maybe I've never connected the dots in that way before. About we're try that's what we give our that's what we give other people, mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do to God. So that's a a little bit. Yeah, we have to be. We have to be wise as serpents, Jesus says, and that is make boundaries in our lives with our neighbor, including our, the close people closest to us, our children, our spouses, and all that kind of stuff. And that's sometimes for their sake or sometimes for our sake so that we can still be good to other neighbors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, but then we think that there's got to be some kind of conditional precedent is what we call it in relationship with God. If this is the way our neighbor works with us, you know, then there's got to be a same thing with God. God. So parents create boundaries with kids so they can continue giving more to their kids. Yeah, Even exactly. though that sounds backwards. No, exactly. But yeah. that God, God doesn't work that way because he doesn't actually have a limit on what he can give. Hmm. Okay. So this is why though, and moving then, because it's a good question, be dressed for action. So if you're working in the if then, 
then be dressed for action is going to seem like, oh, Jesus said, now I need to do this. Now what do I have to wear? Right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you start reading it and, or have your lamps lit. And so you go out and how am I going to, so you start looking for how am I going to be dressed? What do I have to wear? Or how am I going to get this lamp lit? No, yeah. this isn't what let, he's let doing. Let me just read verse 35. Be Good. dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Yep. Be like those who are waiting for their master re- to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Of course, when you read that, you're like, all right, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm rising mm-hmm. to the challenge. I'm going to be at the door. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm dressed. The lamps are lit. We're ready to rock. Mm-hmm. But that's not, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a challenge. It's it, not a, Jesus isn't telling you what to do here. No, he's telling you this is what is happening to you. So it's because you have your a father's gift and your treasure, your heart is in faith and, and that, then that's being the dressed for action, waiting for, the bridegroom to return, uh, or excuse me, the master return to the wed- from the wedding banquet. It's it's going to happen. See, this is the thing: is all these are inevitables. They're not potentials, and so you prepare for you you prepare for potentials. But inevitables, you expect to happen, and you're like, okay. So you know the the thing to do is okay. It's it's coming. You know the master is coming back from the wedding banquet. So that may. They may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. In other words, you're expecting you're not, you know, it's not, knock, knock, who could that be? It's, <laughs> of course he is. Well, even just to tie off what we just talked about, it doesn't say if the master comes back from the wedding banquet. Yeah. It's because the master However, comes back. It's, I will say that it does get, for those of us who are like me, mm-hmm. it does get a little confusing in the beginning of 36, mm-hmm. where it says, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit be like those who are waiting for their master, it does make it feel like he's telling... It's a depiction. Like I'm being told to like change myself to be like others. No, it's just you're mirroring them. Mirroring, that's what being like them. It's just just a mirror. It's not a how-to. I just wish you would say something like, you will be like those. Oh, well, yeah. I just wish. Like, that's kind of the way the way he's saying it, though. It's just, okay. Just so English you will grammar. be like those who are waiting the, for their master to return from the wedding banquet. Yep. And okay. then, because why? Why 37. Blessed are those slaves who the master finds alert when he comes. Blessed is that a good word was given to you. That's what Macarius is, is that you have a blessing from God. So you are blessed. Because you wait and you are alert as he shows up. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt. Now here's what's going to happen when he shows up. This is the interesting thing. He is not a judge. He's not in there to say, okay, fetch my dinner. (laughs) He's there. He's going to sit down. He will come and serve them. So those who are in faith are not going to have Jesus come as a harsh master those who are in faith, when the kingdom comes, he is going to give to you. It's going to be a light shining on you. It's going to be such a great thing. All of his promises and everything are going to be poured out now. The cornucopia, it's going to be this wonderful um, relief. And, and it's important to note that God gives you everything here. Yep. He tells you, mm-hmm. I'm coming back. In this example, I, exactly. the master tells you, I'm coming back. Not if I'm coming back, I am coming back. So it's not this huge gargantuan task to be like, I I must be alert because I don't know if, 
because of course you're going to be alert. He just mm-hmm. God, God of the universe has told you I'm going to be right back. Don't worry. It's true. Yep. You don't need to prepare because he'll prepare you. You won't even know. Yeah, exactly. Happening. He blesses you. He, he blesses you. He you are blessed, and you've been told he's coming back. So when he comes back, it's not a big shock because you're already blessed. Yep, and you're actually looking forward for the party. Yeah, you know, you're like, this is going to be a great day. I'm excited about this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your arrival, as opposed to. Well, I've got better things to do. I should go out and prepare myself with something else. Which is very different than your initial gut reaction to reading this in the law. Thinking like, I need to be prepared. I need to be ready. I need to do it correctly. Yeah. No, you're blessed. Master's already done everything for you. Little flock. (laughs) He's got you. (laughs) You're already elected. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're already part of the gang, everybody. Again, hits, hits 38. No, this is why we, we get screwed up, though, is our English will take this little Greek word and we'll translate it if he comes during the middle of the night. And we'll be like, oh, oh, if, then there must be a then, which means it's conditional. Well, mm. when he comes in the middle of during the night or near the dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. That is to say, when those who have been there ready going, hey, I've been waiting for you. This is great. I'm excited. <laughs> How? How much of a blessed life are you when you're just saying, I can't wait for Jesus to get here. I can't wait for Jesus to get here. This is going to be so good. Thy kingdom come. Bring it, Jesus. Let's stroll. Come on. Let's go. I'm waiting for it. Waiting for it. Be good. Well, oh I mean, when you're... <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's, it's, it's kind of like, just think about, just think about, it's, it's kind of like um, when you're sitting in the house and you're about to yell surprise when somebody walks in the door on the surprise party. Yeah. You, you're just like, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> right? Think of it that way. Right? But we, you, we talked about this when we talked about prayer a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was the last week or two weeks ago. Yep. And that you're you're calling on God to fulfill his promises, what he's already said he's going to do. Mm-hmm. You're saying, do what you said you're going to do. Yep. And that's the same thing here. You're you're saying, he's telling you, I'm going to be come right back. And you're saying, I you're, can't wait. <laughs> exactly. You're kind of putting him back in his... You're putting him in his place. Yeah. If that, you, you're telling him. You're, you're, you're telling him. No, you're saying. You're you said him. so. Yeah. You said so. You're you God. Said, you you're said God. that you're going to you do this. So, and well, you can't lie. So um, yeah. I'm taking it to the bank, as we <laughs> say, right? And he's like that one person you can actually do that with and know that it will get fulfilled. Exactly. Yeah. He's got the tracker. So then 39. But you know this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Yeah. So it's just it's basically saying so. It's, there's going to be a surprise, and it's not going to be a. It's just going to happen. It's to just you. put in a in an in, in an interesting context. Right. Where first of all, it's comparing Jesus to a bank robber. Yeah, or not a, a bank thief, robber. Right? Uh, yeah, a home thief, <laughs> which I think is personally very funny yep. um, and not fitting at all. But it's also saying, like, it's calling us out, it, or it feels. I'm probably wrong here too. Yep. <laughs> it feels like it's calling us out and being like, "You sinner, if you knew God was coming, you would not open your heart to Him." Yeah, Almost, I, a little I, bit I, in yeah, that regard. Like I you would close your house, you would lock your house. Yeah, I wouldn't read it. I wouldn't read that you would keep Jesus out. But it's basically the surprise. So this thief was coming. You know, you you you'd, you would uh, not be surprised. But you don't know the hour, and okay. so it's, it's just basically you're not going to know the hour. You're going to be ready. Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour, but you know he's coming, and so now you can live in faith. You can live in in delight. 
that you, and when he comes now, he's actually not going to steal anything but your sin and your worship of other things and idols and the possessions that you idolize. That's what he's going to steal from you. And he's going to, he's going to bless you in his kingdom. Um, he's going to actually bring his kingdom to you, which is going to be like hot diggity dog, you know. <laughs> Thanks you must that. be ready. Well, we're ready for that. Exactly. Yep. And all tears gone, all death gone, all sin gone. We're in his kingdom. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us that Jesus isn't challenging us to be alert when the master returns or telling us what to do in this week's text. Instead, Jesus is depicting the inevitable things that are coming. He gives us faith and says he's coming back to throw a party for his flock. What's left is to say how we can't wait. Luther House of Studies' mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals, as well as members of the church, without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send Sarah Stenson an email at sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. That's sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God gives you everything. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.